Well, this weekend we are actually celebrating the World Weekend for Young People. And so what it means to be a young person is anyone from the age of 12 until the age of 40. So welcome, young people. I am no longer one of you. <laughs> and as we celebrate this feast of Christ the King, I just thought it would be uh, good to use some images that maybe young people could understand. And uh, I, I want to focus on ultimately what it means for Christ to be the King of the universe. So that's the feast day that we're celebrating today. Christ the King of the universe. Now it's interesting, I'm going to talk a little bit about recording artists. When they record, they give up their rights to their original recordings to the record companies. And there's a, an interesting line that is in the contract. So there's a common phrase in the contracts. So recently there was a, a Bulgarian folk singing group on America's Got Talent and, and they found this line in their contract. And the contract said that they would give over their rights and everything that they gave over could be edited in all forms of media throughout the universe in perpetuity. So they're giving away their rights um, for all time in perpetuity, perpetual, for all time, but also across the universe. Isn't that strange that a record company would say that? We own, not only here in, in this world or country, but we own your rights across the universe. And it's interesting because this was written, this, this language was written back in like the 70s or 80s, and they were just trying to kind of get around any, any, any issues where somebody might try to own the rights in some way or another. So they just decided, we're going to own the rights for the whole universe. And anything you give to us, we own it. And it's kind of interesting because we're expanding, you know, so we're sending rockets to space, we're looking at Mars, and Elon Musk wants to create this interplanetary uh, human culture. So this universe, the idea of the universe, is greatly expanding right now in our time. Taylor Swift is another one that you may have known recently. She's re-recording all of her albums. So if you've noticed that she's, she decided to go back from her original album and re-record re it. Why is she doing that? Well, because the record companies own her original recordings. And so because they own it, they can do whatever they want with it and make as much money with they, that they want with it and decide only what she can be a part of. Netflix also does this. So if you're making a movie right now and you're going to put it on Netflix, Netflix will own your movie in perpetuity across the entire universe. I, I'm sure some of you remember Prince uh, back in the day. So. Prince was uh, kind of battling with the record company, and so he decided to change his name. And by the way, his name uh, from birth was Prince, but uh, the record company owned the name and all of his material. So they owned the name Prince, so he didn't even own his own name anymore. And so he decided he would go by a symbol. So I don't know if you remember, but it was that weird symbol that Prince came out with, and when it started to make the news, the, the news media didn't even know how to handle it, so they said, we're going to just say, because how do you say a, a sign, we're going to say the artist formerly known as Prince. And so he became the artist formerly known as Prince. Why? Because the record company owned his name and all recordings in perpetuity across the entire universe. So I just wanted to use that for an example of what it means uh, to own something throughout the universe. When Prince made one of his videos after he was first releasing his new name, the video began and he's singing, and as he's singing, the camera moves up to his face and he turns his face 
And on the side of his face, he has the word written, slave, on the side of his face. And so what he was letting the world know was that he was a slave to the record company. He was literally owned by the record company. Well, what does that have to do with all of us in Christ the King of the universe? Well, the reality is, Christ is our King. And he's our King in perpetuity. That means our eternal King. And he's our King throughout the entire universe. So he has sole rights to us. We are, in a sense, as Paul says, slaves to Christ. Because he's our king. He is our ruler. He's the one that we ultimately pay any allegiance that we have to him. This feast day of Christ the King didn't come about in our church until around the year 1925. And Pope Pius XI is the one that created this feast day and wrote a beautiful document about how Christ is the king of the universe. And he did that at that time for a special reason. So 1925, if you go back, World War II had come to an end, and there was a brief time of peace, I'm sorry, World War I had come to an end, and there was a brief time of peace before World War II would enter in. And during this time, what was happening is, is, is in our history, it's called the, the, the area of the great um, totalitarians. So there were these great figures that were rising up in the world. So think Mussolini, um, think Hitler, think uh, Fidel Castro. These uh, superpowers were rising up in our world and they were trying to take domination not only of their country, not only of Europe, but they were trying to take over the world. And in doing so, they were creating some of the most horrific human tragedies our world would ever, ever know. So think of the Holocaust, think of genocide, Think of uh, the great tragedies of our world where millions and millions and millions and millions of lives were lost because of dictators. And so he wrote this especially because he wanted us to know that Christ is our king. That there is no dictator on earth that is our king. It was also a time of great socialism and communism where uh, people were being kind of brainwashed into these um, uh, horrible things that would bring about, as I mentioned, some of the great tragedies of our world. And so he wanted to again reaffirm the dominion of Christ the King. Not only the King of our country, not only the King of our continent, not only the King of our world, but Christ the King of the entire universe. I don't know if you've ever wondered, is there life out there? You know, are there aliens out there? And if, and if they are, um, would they know? How would they know about Christ? He's the king of the entire universe. And so he has his ways of reaching out to all of us. So Christ the King, established in 1925 by Pius XI, proclaimed that no earthly power could claim superiority to the religion of the Catholic Church in the name of Christ. Again, because Christ is the king. So no earthly power can get rid of that. No earthly power can remove Christ from being the king. And he said that that's not only of powers, but also of morality and spiritual truth. That Christ is the king of morality. So no matter what our, te our world teaches about morality, the truth of Christ the king ultimately is what we must follow. 
So he goes on to say that th there were states and peoples who were subject to natural law, which transcends both authority of the ruler and the will of the people. So he's saying there's a natural law that is written in our hearts. And any time any authority on earth goes against that natural law, we are to reject it. Because Christ is our king. So we know that in our era, we are struggling with a lot of these things culturally, politically, globally. Um, all of these things, and it's so important to remember that any ideology that comes out that is against the, the ideology of Christ, we're supposed to reject it. And we're supposed to hold firm to him being our faith. We all know that the dignity of the human person from conception until natural death is revealed as not only a natural law, but a law given to us by Christ. And so we could go through the issues of abortion. Though our culture may accept abortion, we always hold to the, the, the truth and the beauty of goodness that life begins at the moment of conception, and so we hold that life sacred. We could talk about marriage. Our culture, marriage is kind of being destroyed, and, and even the identity of what it means to be male and female. These are natural laws that the, our Christ the King has given to us. That marriage is to be upheld as a sacrament between a man and a woman to bring forth life in this world. And one cannot say in work, you know, for your job, or maybe it's in government, or maybe it's in school, or maybe it's in whatever you may be involved in, one cannot say, well, I believe in this personally, but I'm, I'm going to just accept all these other things because that's the way that it is. So if our schools are teaching something that is not right and shouldn't be taught, we have to work hard to overturn that. If our governments are doing things that are not right and need to be right, we have to work to overturn that. Say you're in a job, you know, and, 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 and you start to notice things in your company that are not right. Like it came out recently that Facebook, there was a whistleblower who released 900 pages of documents and she discovered that Facebook was actually using anger to keep people engaged. And she found, she was a, she was a researcher in that area, both in, uh, in uh, psychology, but also in um, um, neurology, just basically how people are wired for anger. And so she released this document and she got, of course, probably fired from face Facebook, but she was exposing the reality that they were preying on anger she released the same thing on Instagram, that Instagram was preying on young girls and, and making them insecure. And she said the fascinating thing was that when girls would look at other images of, of other you know, beautiful, perfect girls, they would get insecure. But instead of turning it off, it actually caused them to go more into Instagram and, and just kind of get more and more hooked into it. And she said Facebook knew this and knowingly created algorithms that would capitalize on that to keep people more invested in that company. So what I'm saying here is that companies, and, and the more that we become uh, you know, more socially integrated like this, and as companies become more and more powerful, we have to be more and more cautious and brave to address things that may be wrong. So I just want to read you the last paragraph of the document that he says, if to Christ our Lord is given all power in the heaven on earth, it must be clear that not one of our faculties is exempt from his empire. So not only any part of our body, soul, mind, but any of us as people, 
we all must be given over his power. And it must be clear that he must reign in our minds, which ascend to the perfect submission and firm belief to, to the revealed truths of Christ and his doctrine. So maybe there's some uh, thing in the Catholic Church that you don't understand or don't agree with. I would just encourage you to think about assenting your faith to that, but also learning more about it. Why does the church teach it? And instead of saying, I don't believe in it or I don't agree with it, really learn what the church teaches before you dissent from that. Fulton Sheen used to always say that there were many people who hated what they thought the church was, but there were few people that hated the actual church. So many people have a wrong idea or a wrong impression about the church and its teaching and hate it because they don't really come to a full understanding of it. So he says we must follow his doctrines, we must remain our wills must, he must reign in our wills, which should obey the laws and precepts of God. He must reign in our hearts, which should spurn natural desires and love God above all things and cleave to him alone. He must reign in our bodies and our members, which should serve as instruments in, in the sanctification of our souls. Or do you use the words of St. Paul as instruments of justice unto God. So as I end, we focus finally on Christ, the King of the universe. We must all realize that he is our King and that we owe Christ all of our allegiance, that we will promise always to be faithful to him. We'll profess it just a moment in our creed and that anything else that would teach anything contrary to Christ or contrary to the, to the church it must be rejected, and we must be strong in our faith, and we must be integrated, that every part of us lives that, not only personally, but what we do publicly. We all must, in fact, serve Christ. We all must, like these uh, recording artists do, give ourselves fully to Christ in perpetuity to be our king, and our king to the end of the universe.